Welcome to the third and final podcast in our ESG and construction series. I'm Jonathan Spencer, a partner in the insurance and construction team here at Simmons. In our previous ESG podcasts, we've focused on the E of ESG, but today I will look with my colleagues Emily Blower and Tom Bowen at some social and governance risks which may impact on construction. Turning first to Emily, who's a managing associate and core member of our ESG team in dispute resolution. Emily, there's clearly a wide range of SNG risk in construction, which include corruption, culture and diversity, health and safety, and many others. From your experience of looking at ESG risks across multiple sectors, what are the consequences for corporates who are getting their social and governance risk management wrong? Well, we know from our wider work that poor governance, the wider corporate group and value chains, that is your suppliers, but also your customers and business partners can lead to litigation, regulatory action and reputational damage. Now, this might mean a UK parent company finding itself liable for the actions of overseas subsidiaries and even third party suppliers. In recent years, mass tort claims focused on environmental damage and human rights breaches have been brought by third-party victims seeking to establish UK parent liability for the actions of foreign subsidiaries. For example, you have the Supreme Court cases of Vedanta and Okpabi. However, last year in the Hamida Begum case, the Court of Appeal extended a company's duty of care, albeit on an arguable basis only for the moment, to the actions of a third-party supplier in its value chain. Thanks, Emily. It's, it's interesting to hear about the types of case leading to litigation in the courts, but what are the other potential risks for construction companies in relation to regulatory and reputational damage? Well, you have greenwashing claims or regulatory enforcement actions on the basis that the company's disclosures regarding its S and G credentials gave an untrue or misleading impression. There's also actions against directors for breach of statutory duties, namely the duty to promote the success of the company and the duty to act with reasonable care and skill. In particular, given the speed of evolution in ESG standards, ESG issues can present a significant hindsight risk to boards or directors, making decisions at risk of being reviewed in three or four years' time. There's also a significant reputational risk to be considered, even if these claims or enforcement actions don't succeed. Claimants tend to launch aggressive PR strategies up front to try and pressure defendants to settle. And indeed, the SLG issue alone, without any litigation or regulatory action, can cause significant reputational damage, as well as a drop in the company's share price, as we saw in the case of Boohoo in 2020. We're also seeing increasing activism from shareholders, whether through shareholder resolutions or voting with their feet by threatening or actually divesting in the company. And finally, there's the ongoing development of human rights supply chain due diligence obligations, such as the Modern Slavery Act in the UK and the EU Corporate Accountability and Corporate Due Diligence Directive, which is expected to be finalised sometime this year. Thanks, Emily. That, that's a really helpful overview and, and hammers home how important it is to get S&G management right. Turning now to Tom Bowen, a supervising associate in our crime team. Tom, we know that corruption is a risk for the construction sector and associated with that, we can highlight human rights and modern slavery risk. Could you, Tom, highlight the key crime and corruption issues which need to be managed? Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. So, Something that we're seeing a lot at the moment is uh, increased recognition that financial crime compliance measures are absolutely central to any firm's ESG efforts. That's not only because some of those criminal issues really are critical ESG social and governance issues in and of themselves, corruption, money laundering, sanctions, that sort of thing. 
but also that failures in those areas just critically undermine your ability to succeed in any other ESG area. Probably key to that is corruption. It's often the facilitator for all sorts of other things like modern slavery, human trafficking, environmental harm, things like dumping, and also modern, uh, sorry, money laundering, which is really central to everything. That's about how criminals get their money out of circumstances that often link to ESG type issues, things like drugs, human trafficking, environmental crime. Those are the three largest sources of criminal property worldwide. So just fundamentally tied into ESG. And then ultimately, really, if you get your financial crime compliance wrong, and you find yourselves in circumstances where you have committed a criminal offence, or even really where there is a suggestion that you have, any suggestions that you as a company might want to make that you are responsible, you are sustainable, those will fly straight out the window. Thanks, Tom. And would you be able to go into just a bit more detail and drill down to the specifics in relation to particular issues which would impact the construction industry? Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the starting place is fraud. It's probably the most topical at the moment. There's been endemic fraud against the government's business support and furlough schemes. That's not limited to construction, but it has been present in construction. It's been in the press a lot. There's a question of whether or not that will actually be written off by the government, how aggressive they will be in pursuing it, but there is increasing pressure to act. That is particularly after the resignation of a Treasury Minister named Lord Agnew a few weeks ago. He was responsible for these matters and basically resigned, criticising the government and the Chancellor for being soft on fraud and not pursuing this. Then there's corruption. So it's well known that corruption is a significant risk in construction. Globally, more corrupt funds move through construction than any other industry. And many of the highest profile corruption prosecutions and settlements here in the US and elsewhere over the last decade relate to construction infrastructure projects. Those matters have led to billions in fines over the last decade. The legal position for companies <clears throat> is that liability for construct. Uh, liability for construction companies for corruption is very broad. You're liable if an associated person of yours, that can be an employee, a contractor, an agent, a consultant, anywhere in the world offers or receives a bribe and you didn't have adequate procedures in place to stop that bribery. So it really is crucial that you have robust bribery and construct and corruption systems in place and that you train your staff at all levels in relation to those. A good example uh, of how corruption can tie into other ESG issues were the high profile allegations against the London Legacy Development Corporation. Now, employees of that company were accused last year of asking for bribes. They used drink as a code word. So can I have a drink, meaning can I have a bribe? And the, the quid pro quo of that was asking for job placements. Now, this really shows how it ties into core ESG issues because it happened in the context of allegations of labour market abuses, particularly blacklisting, which led to a civil class action back in 2016, uh, in relation to which around 31 million was paid out to claimants. It's also related to the diversity and inclusion piece. The accusations were that the primary victims of these practices were local ethnic minority workers in East London. Around money laundering, I mentioned it before, but the key point 
is that construction can be particularly exposed. The proceeds of Crime Act can be, it can be incredibly complicated, and I'm not going to cover it in detail here, but it is an offence to knowingly handle or make arrangements in relation to criminal property. That means if you or someone on the same project as you does something that they should not, maybe that's a bribe, maybe it's a potentially criminal breach of environmental regulations, then you're going to have a money laundering issue as well and you need to look at that. Thanks, Tom. Clearly a number of risks for the construction industry to consider. So how can we help them? Could, could you recommend ways for construction companies to manage all these types of risks you've just taken us through? Yeah, absolutely. We can't just fear monger. You've got to offer a solution, right? I mean, to manage all this, what you need to do is concentrate on your compliance. You need to concentrate on your reporting and the due diligence arrangements you do around all the third parties you work with. The legal and the regulatory trend is very much towards broadening out corporate liability in various areas, potentially going as far as we already do for bribery, so a failure to prevent events. There are very serious suggestions at the moment around the introduction of a failure to prevent offence for all economic crimes. So that would be bribery, but also fraud or money laundering and indeed everything else. So realistically, what you need to do and what you already do to manage your corruption risk needs to be plugged in to what you do to monitor things like labour market um, arrangements, potential modern slavery issues, labour market abuse, human trafficking issues, workplace safety, and environmental regulations because what you need is a holistic view of what is happening in your business and what is happening in your supply chain so that you can then assess the extent of your risk where that comes from and then manage it properly thanks tom that's really helpful um in a time available today we can't cover the full range of snd risks but i think it's worth briefly mentioning that the construction Industry culture is another key risk, particularly given the focus of building standards and the prevailing culture of the industry in the aftermath of the Grenfell fire, particularly as the building safety bill makes its way through Parliament. Unsurprisingly, for a traditionally male-dominated and site-based industry, we are seeing more and more focus on gender and other DNI issues, added to which the pandemic has pushed more of a focus onto corporate culture more broadly. Good culture and a diverse workforce are important, not just to avoid the risk of claims, but also because there are recognised advantages in terms of better quality work and ideas. We also know that there's currently a dearth of skilled labour in the sector following Brexit. That's making it difficult to recruit and retain some trades. All of that means that a corporate and project specific focus on culture and DNI, as well as training and professional development, is really key to success. As Emily said earlier, in relation to ESG risks more generally, construction companies should expect increased challenge in relation to their employee behaviours, not least in the context of increased regulation in relation to building safety. We, of course, have a very experienced employment team here at Simmons who can support businesses with managing those types of issues. So just to wrap up then, there is clearly a wide range of SNG risks in construction, which include corruption, culture and diversity, health and safety, data risk, and many others. But getting your ESG compliance right can really differentiate you. So this is an opportunity to stand out. 
That brings us to the end of this podcast series. Thank you very much for tuning in. And if you have any queries, please please feel free to contact any one of us. Thank you very much.